0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gods and goddesses, to the Golden Age Gurus Podcast, your source for regenerative, entrepreneurial, and eco-friendly global solutions using ancient future strategies that focus on healing ourselves, our community, and the planet. Now, it is truly an honor to introduce your host, Baba John. Good morning, Golden Agers. This is Baba John. Today I'm bringing Sasha Hotter to your listening pleasure, and uh, she is a lawyer who uh, is focused on the Bitcoin and financial technology sector. She helps her clients navigate evolving regulations around state and federal money transmission, security laws, privacy laws, and all other regulations that apply to Bitcoin. And other digital assets. So, she's helped me in the past with uh, the Save DAO uh, project, and uh, which is basically a Bitcoin LLC. So I'm going from uh, legacy LLC to a Bitcoin LLC. They call them BB LLCs, essentially. And so, in order to get my community up to par and participating in this DAO. Which is um, pretty exciting. I'm I'm chatting with her about current the current situation and bringing to you guys some understanding of what we're dealing with as far as uh, innovators making the golden age happen. It probably will have something to do with uh, Web three and the tokenization of businesses and de- decentralization of networks. So without further ado, I bring to you Sasha hotter of hodlcast.com. This show is brought to you on Patreon, where creators are supported by their tribe, For the cost of a latte you can support the show and my advocacy around fringe legal topics ranging from zero waste and bitcoin to matters of spirit i'm committed to serving mankind by providing thousands of years of ancestral wisdom learn from my gurus join my network and get exclusive content we have a free tier so you don't have to worry about money a support tier for just a few bucks and an apprentice level for aspiring jedi Interested in my mystery school and nature based ministry. We have a VIP business tier for CEOs who want their own wizard. Just remember, King Arthur had a Merlin and Queen Elizabeth had her John Dee. Historically, I've charged way more as a consultant, but while I wrap my last year of law school, I'm willing to help just to get this new platform going. You'll have access to me with the Voxer app and get access to the advocacy launchpad and Discord. Sponsorship is sold separate if you're interested, message and visit patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash golden age gurus. Follow for free and support if you can.
1: You might have been... Oh, I, for whatever reason, a little bit early, but now it's like crypto has gotten more, I guess, yeah. mainstream, and so has the zero waste, like you know, t- discussion.
0: Yeah. So, so um, yeah. I mean, I went, I went through the traditional route in America, you know, with the incubators and stuff, and that's what they said at the end of the day. They were like, "You're early." Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of take me off because they said I was, you know, uh, onto something that gave us a valuation letter said, Hey, this project's worth 200 grand and we're, we're going to give you money and help you. And then they went up, oh, mind. You're early. Get, get out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of had an energy back then. We also did South by Southwest that year and there were three crypto projects on the stage for a, a, a pitch and uh none of them even got you know uh, an eyebrow raise you know and the the project that won was a smart catheter
1: oh gosh yeah
0: you know I, I was i was just like you know it's south by southwest supposed to be hip and cool and and they're ignoring all the crypto and and voted for the smart catheter and I was like okay yeah okay, time to hang my hat for a little bit and ponder this one dude. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah.
1: how did no, the smart it, catheter do since then I wonder do what I wonder how that smart catheter has done since then
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know but what I really learned from that crowd was that you know those kinds of people kind of investors they really like at the doctors on the team I guess mm. they like drop their pants for that for the yeah. for that situation so I mean, anyways,
1: back like a couple years ago I was working with a team of doctors and they had a really good idea for for radiologists and um it was it got they got told the same thing too early too early and, too early. yeah mm. sometimes it feels like you to <clears throat> Wonder. i don't know <laughs> it's hard to raise money
0: yeah yeah uh well you know we're in the time of the magic internet money we shouldn't really you, you, you know what i mean like i mean it's it's actually possible but
1: mm-hmm.
0: we what we need is is um some of the established powers that be to you know be a little more uh open to innovation yeah so, but yeah, so on that on that note, uh, in uh, at the end of the des- December, the month of December twenty twenty one, I was able to create a DAO in Colony. Um, so you know, I was kind of confused during all this COVID stuff, and and um, haven't really been trying to uh, do anything with the crypto project, mostly because it felt like. I, I just needed to kind of look at the landscape and see it see it evolve a little bit legally and uh, mm-hmm. tech wise and and you know it just kind of happened uh, in December that I was able to plug that ERC twenty token save into the colony and uh, unlock it for the Gnosis chain is they're using for that.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: And. Um, You know, and then I came out here to Guatemala and, and, uh, the seeds, the head seeds guys like was renting my house. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's just, you know, that's how I think, that's how I kind of feel like things should be just flowing, you know, and happening on their own merit and energy, you know, and like, let, let God do it, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh. So that's kind of what it feels like right now is is um there's some momentum, there's some progress, there's some innovation, there's all kinds of new funding mechanisms. Um, hell I was just reading this morning about Dow to Dow stable coins. And um I I really wanted to just reconnect with you, so I'll just go ahead and say we've started. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah. So just to give everyone a little background, Sasha uh, helped us with some legal back in when we were working on this project, and we we just kind of got stuck because we filed a couple times with the Texas um, government to create a entity for the crypto project, but they just turned it down. They turned it down like two or three times. And, um, so coupled you know, that and the COVID and all this stuff, I was just like, okay, I don't see a, I don't see an opening here. Right. This second, but right now I see an opening right now. I see that it's probably, um, uh, very doable. Mm-hmm. And I uh, thought you might have some interesting uh, things to say about, you know, the, the crypto market being that you are an expert, <laughs> crypto lawyer extraordinaire. <laughs> and uh, so if you want to just like give a little bit of um, background on yourself sure yeah, yeah well
1: thanks thanks so much for having me on and it's it's really nice to reconnect with you after it has been a couple years I guess uh since you know since we were working on that safe project um yeah I, I guess I got into crypto back in 2014 I uh well I had started hearing about it earlier than that but I was living in Canada and when I moved to the U.S. to go to law school I was uh Hoping that I could use Bitcoin as a way to transfer money back and forth between Canada and the U.S., like my Canadian bank account, and it didn't work that easily. I thought it, you know, I heard actually all these talks about, oh, it's great for cross-border payments and whatnot, but I didn't understand yet that it didn't really connect to the banking system. Is, you know, great for it. It is great for cross-border payments, but if you need to cash out, um, you know, it's still still pretty challenging. But uh, I just started going to a couple meetups in Florida and I went on Upwork and uh, got a got a job as a compliance officer for Bitcoin ATM manufacturer and operator and kind of learned the whole landscape at, at that time, you know, the, the big question was, you know, is this, what is this thing? And when we're selling it at the Bitcoin ATMs, you know, was it the same regulatory structure as selling a bag of chips or, you know, as we've discovered, it was quite a bit more than that. Um, we had to go through all the state by state, you know, analysis of, of the money transmitter rules and the FinCEN registrations and, uh, we hired an an attorney from big firm and they paid them uh, the company paid 1800 an hour Um, and I realized I'm like okay this a good a good industry for uh, you know my future law career I don't nearly charge that much an hour but uh, but it's been fun to watch it kind of unfold all the different things you know through the ICO bubble and all the money that was generated there and then now you know looking at what's going on with the nfts and the web 3 and seeing what's you know just watching as the industry kind of develops and matures and all the new entry new entrants coming in so it's it, it has been a really exciting journey um but uh, you know the core the core laws are still pretty much the same it's just watching how people navigate like ways you know ways to not have to Uh, you know, be as encumbered by them, which, you know, really at the core of that conversation is decentralization, which is something I I think is very important.
0: Yes. I'm so excited about what I see going on. I finally capitulated and last night I got on YouTube and started cramming on uh, some Python coding videos and oh wow (laughs) and and, and things um you know i've learned i've learned code i learned action script when flash was hot and then flash went out of style so i i went through the process of learning a code and then having it not apply to anything so um i've been like really cautious to to pick up a new script but python looks like it might be the one but, uh, disclaimer, I'm, I'm not a coder. I am a designer. So, but sometimes you gotta, you to get things done. You gotta do it yourself.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
0: <laughs> yep. So yeah,
1: I went on the, the other day I was there trying to figure out how to make wearables, like, which is, you know, nothing to do with any, <laughs> any law or anything. I just went to a party in the metaverse on new year's, um, and I didn't have a nice outfit, and I, there wasn't there wasn't a huge selection that I could find for for Crypto Voxels wearables. There, there are quite a few things, but I just thought, oh, I wonder if I can make something. But it, nice. I I didn't end up following through on that. It was a couple hours of video watching, and then I just figured uh, I'll let the you know real designers go to work. Right. And in a year not- or so, there'll probably be a huge uh, selection.
0: What what uh, metaverse is this?
1: Is that my husband has one actually for DJ Pepe? It's in Crypto Voxels. Um,
0: crypto voxel. Yeah. Okay, you'll have to shoot me a link over. Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you. End.
1: One of his friends' wives uh, ended up building it, and it's it's really gorgeous. the The way it looks like there's all nice. you know all the art displayed and everything like that, and yeah. I I haven't in. I haven't gone in and explored a lot of the other ones. I I wish I had have been a little earlier on those, but uh the what's the big one? Um Decentraland. It looks like there's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah, uh Sandbox also is is hot. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it. Like I could, I could get excited about I mean, I I played video games when I was a kid. I was, you know, original Nintendo generation. <laughs> nice. Uh but you know this—it's it, this, it kind of scares me on some levels. So I definitely haven't done anything, even though I know it's an opportunity. I also kind of feel like it's a soul trap on some levels. But yeah, its, it, other...
1: it's kind of like Ready Player One world <laughs> that we're you know actively trying to move into, which is weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm sitting here on at Lake Titland the belly button chakra of mother earth looking at this giant super volcano crater lake and it'd be pretty dumb to put on a VR headset right now i can barely deal with the computer
1: yeah yeah
0: so so did you just have a baby
1: he's a year old now so yeah it's uh little guy Cameron (laughs) he just started walking so that's been exciting (laughs) congrats and you have oh thank you you have a couple kids don't you I do yeah
0: I do Mm -hmm. I have four
1: four wow that must keep you busy
0: (laughs) I'm building my own tribe
1: yeah no doubt (laughs) that's awesome how old are they
0: I have a five-year-old, eight-year-old, 10-year-old, and 13-year-old.
1: Oh, nice. I have a, a 12-year-old stepson. So oh. yeah, is very into skateboarding, which I, I like. Cause for a while, he was just into Fortnite. And I remember right at the beginning of the pandemic, I got him a skateboard and I wasn't sure if he'd use it that much because like he didn't seem he it would be always a struggle to get him to come out and like play, you know, baseball or anything. And for some reason, he really took to the skateboard. And when we moved, we were living in D.C. when it all uh, when when everything started, you know, the covid whatnot. And we moved down to Jacksonville, Florida, and then he didn't have a ton of friends here, and he was still doing the online school like with his class in DC. But he he would go to the skate park by himself and just you know play around on it, and then it's become like his favorite thing. So it's nice to see.
0: Beautiful. So are, are you planning on uh, getting back into the podcast game? I, know I you was were thinking about it. Every- <laughs> Those, right
1: yeah I just restarted my firm and you know uh, on your advice any listeners you know a 15% discount uh, if you mentioned this podcast but uh, but yeah so I think the podcast I used to do the hodl cast it was really good for just having having conversations with experts in various areas of of practice like of the crypto world so i think it helped my knowledge a lot and over the last year and a half i haven't really been doing it and i feel like i'm not as sharp with everything as i was when i was doing the weekly podcast for sure so yeah i'm gonna start it back up just gotta find time for everything that's the, <laughs> the challenge
0: <laughs> yeah I, I highly recommend uh to listeners the uh john mcafee episode which uh probably died right after
1: yeah i might have been one of the one of the i don't i'm sure he did other interviews but it was very close to when he got it was like a week before he got arrested and then um i hope he's not dead i hope he's out on a boat somewhere but we will never know i guess yeah so you know most people believe he is dead i'm holding out he's
0: so funny (laughs)
1: He was, here he is, yeah. <laughs> He's a oh, real God. interesting person. Mm-hmm.
0: So what what can you, uh, what kind of intel, legal intel, do you have for us? Um, I know you you said you're not as sharp because you've been um, well, <laughs> working, working. I was working for, in-house
1: uh, the last year at Exodus yeah. Wallet, So I, I actually learned a ton over the, it was like, Drinking from a fire hose, really, um, in the securities law side of things, Exodus did a big fundraising where it was, I think it was the first ever tokenized, uh, you know, well, lots of companies did tokenized fundraising, but they did it, Exodus did it in a way that, um, you know, they got the stock is listed on T zero, and you can hold it in a self custody fashion through the Exodus wallet. So it was a really really interesting and unique offering that, um, you know, it sold out in a pretty quick, pretty quick time time frame. They raised 75 million in about a month and then uh, got it listed on T0, which is, you know, a platform that sells, uh, you know, security tokens, which that whole industry hasn't taken off fully yet. And even the volume on T0 is pretty, pretty light, but it's, it's a path that I think will, will probably be a big, a big part of the future for for a lot of crypto companies, especially with that infrastructure bill that, that came out, you know, in another year, they're wanting everyone to consider themselves brokers. So, the, um, so it was, it was, it was, I learned a lot about securities and, uh, and how to, you know, even just how to operate as a public company. There's so many, so many different rules that you have to follow to make sure you're, you're following every... Um, you know every part of the SEC's guidelines, and then doing uh, stock offerings for the staff, like the insider trading policies, and getting everyone stock options or RSUs, and so it was it was it was pretty cool um, being there. But but yeah, now 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 that I'm back, uh, you know, in private practice, the, it seems like there's a lot of activity going on in the bitcoin atm world or that's at least like an area that it, that I seem to know or you know one of the one of the banks in Miami are referring people to me to get these independent reviews and looking at a lot a lot more companies have gone the road of actually getting their money transmitter licenses and then once you have that you can really operate there. it it does open a wide door of what what companies can do um you know from a before it was looking like everyone wanted to not have their money transmitter license because it's a big pain in the in the derriere to to jump through all these hoops get all these surety bonds put in place and then you have to send send them your send the each state your transactions every quarter and um you know it's it's and you have to pay quite a bit to apply for the licenses but once you have it you can operate as an otc desk or basically like a custodial exchange so it's uh
0: what does otc stand for
1: over the counter
0: over the counter
1: it's like a you know an online trading platform but Mm. uh, it allows the you're allowed to do it legally where you, you know, take someone's Bitcoin and sell them, uh, you know, a bank transfer or wire or vice versa. So mm-hmm. it, it allows, you know, banking for people, for companies, which is often hard to get.
0: <laughs> and, and Exodus is pretty cool. I mean, I, I have some crypto in there and I've, I've used it for years. Um, so yeah growing you know, really
1: fast too and like really moving into the DeFi space and uh you know trying to work like they just got a new nft platform and the ceo is quite i think he's quite a visionary um with what he wants to do he wants to help half the world exit the traditional financial system by 2030 so
0: it's, wow uh, it's
1: a, a big goal but i think uh... we can do it uh, hopefully he can
0: <laughs> yeah So, so that's, you know, that's, that's the side, you know, a a public company and uh, bigger with um, maybe resources to go through all that. But what about um, startups? And, um, you know, because a lot of, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of startups happening, you know, Mm -hmm. with all this stuff. And there, there are startups happening. I, like I said, I put save through the local Dallas incubator um, infrastructure for new technologies and they, they were kind of afraid of crypto and went for the smart catheter <laughs> again and again. <laughs> so so it, it, was just, it was just really weird for me like like to, to be in this space that's supposed to be looking for innovation in tech you know and it's so obviously in this space but you know you still had the status quo preventing a lot of um openness to the to the newness of it you know Mm -hmm. so uh you know I probably make a song out of that
1: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe it'll come to you tonight while you're uh, doing um
0: it'll come to me
1: (laughs) yeah i think there is one thing i i i found really interesting to watch over the last year was the nft space and my my husband actually has been a a crypto artist for for a while like he used to have a podcast art on the blockchain and then he was making these rare pepes um on the counterparty protocol back in 2016 and they were kind of kind of slept on other than in their, their little community, um, you know, of about 300 people that were counterparty supporters. And then the Ethereum, like the super rare platform came out and they just, uh, they're just a marketing machine. Like the whole Ethereum, like I, I went to the, I think it was a called ethereal in 2018, this conference. And it was just, you know, every, all the Ethereum art started to take off and, uh, I think that's for for any artists or creatives there's there's still a really big opportunity to to get your art out there and make money off it which is a, a use case that I mean lots of people still do call it a you know cash grab or a scam but but it's really like you get something for what you're buying for I mean some of these like those apes or whatever the board yacht club and that that kind of stuff the the prices were insane so i don't i don't understand you know what what con what constitutes a million dollar nft versus a hundred dollar nft like it's very subjective but uh but it is a way that i think there's a bit of regulatory protection for it because so in the u.s we have three main regulators to watch out for there's the sec which you know as as we've seen with the new administrative an administration come in over the last year, they've been very aggressive and, you know, going back to the whole narrative that everything's a security. I I don't think they've issued any no action letters since, you know, since taking over and um, really haven't given any guidance as to how how people can proceed, but their jurisdiction does not cover art that's traditional art and you know the argument is that all these nfts are to be looked at in the same way like they're actually a good or a service so it's the same as buying a real you know physical piece of art you're just buying it in a digital format but it comes with the same regulatory scrutiny that selling a normal piece of art would would have which isn't you know isn't much you don't have to go through sec registration to sell sell your, you know, art that, you know, that, and, and that's, I think, uh, a, pretty, a pretty, you know, big deal for, for the crypto world because now there's this way to do art where you don't have to try and make these arguments about the utility so much because it's, it's obvious the art is the utility um, and, and the token is the art and then from the fincen side like they've come out you know and said basically anything any any type of cryptocurrency that's being exchanged requires a fincen registration at the federal level which you know that that it requires a lot of i mean it's not that difficult to get but then you have to KYC everyone to comply with it like you have to file suspicious activity reports or currency transaction reports on on the customers and uh you know people just that's not the ethos of crypto. People don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, having to do that with everyone. And it costs the company trying to comply with that quite a bit in their compliance, you know, setup and to to make that work. Whereas they have mm-hmm. also an exemption. So there's two times you have to register with FinCEN. Mm-hmm. It's if you're exchanging or if you're creating a coin and administering it. Um but if it's art, again, it's like considered an exemption because it's a good or a service. So mm. from that side, it's it's not required to follow all the BSA um, BS. <laughs> I shouldn't say that call it that too much, but you know there is whatever. It's it, it, it's hard for companies getting started to try and navigate <coughs> all. That. So so uh, I think that's created a lot of excitement for people and. And it's it's been just a good way for for people to get introduced into crypto and people all over the world can easily get on and get into the communities and sell their art. And people are making, you know, some meaningful money for their families that that they wouldn't have the opportunity to make otherwise.
0: Well, you know, I, I was taking like a little class on the Constitution, um, and the guy basically pointed out that, you know, if it's if the law is unjust, you don't have to follow the rules.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the- that's, a, that's one way to look at it, but it's a little bit of a scary way or it's hard to hard to get investors or to get a bank account if you're if you're not following the rules. So. It's, it's sure you can do it and you can take the risk, but it's, it's difficult to scale your company if, if you're sitting outside the regulatory uh, regime.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's a good uh, argument for following the rules. So like, I, I also um, have come to find that a lot of this stuff for call-in law is actually code. And um, um privy to the uh, uniform commercial code book yeah. so um what do, what do you think about that like I mean because th- it seems to be like c- code war- wars <laughs> you know, just, just basically and 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 sometimes you know, calling it laws not even accurate but but you know it it's the words that we choose to use to describe these rules a lot of times is 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 law when it's actually commercial code. Am I am I right? Or, or well, I yeah,
1: I think I think you're right.
0: Have you ever heard of the book The Richest Man in Babylon? If not, you can check it out in the bookstore. But it's a classic business book that reveals the key to personal wealth and it's basically saving 10% every month. So the way I like to save is in gold and silver with Mint Builder. I've been using Mint Builder for years. I've created a system where my savings plan pays for itself by signing up people who want to save and start a silver bank account which ships physical coin out every month based on their budget. The author of The Richest Man in Babylon says that magic number is 10% of your income. Now you can build your legacy with the best pricing on metal assets while helping the nonprofit Feed My Starving Children, which uses 90% of donations for food to stop malnutrition in over 100 countries around the world. Thank you for considering Milk Builder to build your wealth and feed hungry children. You can go to PreciousMetalTrends.com forward slash 102026 complete the form and claim your free silver bullion bar just for taking our short tour and brief survey.
1: So the way the way I understand the the UCC's role in all this or the uniform commercial code is that each each state has their own code of how they handle goods um, and services. So for tokens for wyoming for example they've like actually enacted some some legislation that brings tokens that are created or sold in wyoming or stored in wyoming under the rules of the uniform commercial code as they have it written in their state which you know is a lot more protective than than if it's or it gives some protection compared to the federal securities laws which would say you know you have to register your token as a security or maybe you have to it's you know very up in the air as to when you have to or when you don't i mean the sec would say it's not up in the air but in practice people are always trying to say that it's not their token isn't a security because it has such and such utility but in Wyoming, if you just register it as a utility token, then it's de facto under the UCC protection, and that gives, um, you know, that makes it outside of the federal jurisdiction because under the UCC, each state has control of how they handle the goods and services in their state, and sure. so it's kind of like a conflict of law where you have the federal law and the state law. But and and this mm-hmm. happened actually in energy. Um, in the 90s like every there was a federal rules for like electricity and they and then they came up with these five elements of when something would be uh, under the uniform commercial code and each state kind of state by state adopted this but it's like if it's movable if it's traceable if it has a start point and end point um i forget the uh, the last two but it was very akin to what the blockchain looks like so i think we can really piggyback and we haven't the, the, the more needs to be researched on this topic but mm. i think as an industry we could probably piggyback on that and say that the blockchain is the exact same as electricity on the grid and it moves mm. from you know one wallet to another wallet it's traceable it's I think that the original idea was that if it's a tangible good it goes under the ucc mm. and then they had to make all these you know elements to make electricity into a tangible good because each power company didn't want to deal with the federal um regulator for it yeah so, you know we can say the same thing about how the how the tokens move on the blockchain should make it exactly the same as how the electricity moves on the grid mm. how that was and now mm. i believe most states have electricity under their uniform you un, the ucc rules uh, yeah
0: wow but, so so would you say you know so here i am i just fired up the dow on colony.io and um you know i'm gonna go pitch uh, for this grant from seeds, uh, on Wednesday. Like if I, if I get this, uh, if there's some interest and I get the, the, the ball going again, which I probably will. Um, do you think Wyoming, a Wyoming Dow is a good move? I mean, sounds like you do based on what you just said, or should I just like chill and wait and, for Texas to do it, <laughs> or find a jurisdiction, you know, in Latin America, where you know, yeah,
1: I would do Latin just... America, <laughs> huh? I I would stick with Latin America.
0: You stick with Latin America.
1: <laughs> I mean, All right. the, the the idea of a DAO is, in in my understanding, anyway, which you know, the, I, I think I have more to learn on it, but uh, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't need to be registered anywhere because it's decentralized and you want to have members yeah. of it in all over the place so that no yeah. one is like a jurisdictional arbitrage, but no one can say it's linked to any specific jurisdiction or even mm-hmm. like, a, you know, an organization behind it and then You know, what rules apply is, you know, a very difficult question if it's controlled by, you know, as big a group of people as you can get, um, you know, that live in as many different places as you can find. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Wyoming DAO is interesting, but it still requires you to have an LLC and then you still have to name each member of the DAO. As part of mm. it. so to me, I don't see a big difference or distinction uh, between a regular LLC and their their Dow LLC. Mm. The the difference is, you know, the idea behind creating that Wyoming Dow is that in a normal Dow, it, you know, if it did come under US jurisdiction and, you know, was charged with something the the every person would be a general partner in it like if if someone creates a company and just never registers the company anywhere then that's a de facto general partnership and there's no limited liability protection so if if a lawsuit was to be attacked was to land then every member of it would be equally liable for you know when maybe it's just one person did something like they stole money out of it well The 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 good actors out of that aren't going to have limited liability protection against uh, even against their personal assets. But like like we said, if a DAO is you know properly set up and properly diversified, or sorry, um, decentralized, it's not going to have it's not going to be able to land a lawsuit that easily on it.
0: Um, What, What state are you in again?
1: I'm in Florida.
0: Yeah, you're in Florida. Okay, that's where you were.
1: Yeah, I moved around a few times since we talked. I was in, I think, Jacksonville, then Tampa, then uh, Washington D.C., and then we came. I came back to Jacksonville.
0: All right. So, if you join my DAO, the DAO will be in Florida's jurisdiction, protected by you. <laughs> uh, so beautiful. Uh, no, it's really I. I it it makes me excited to to hear you uh, go into that because um, I think you're right and that's why that's the chosen structure and I've been I've been I've been thinking you know I don't think we I don't think we need like a um, legacy um, filing anywhere you know mm-hmm. at least for for now do do, do you are are you up on the uh, DeFi Ido stuff?
1: Um, a little bit. Wait, what? I'm up on DeFi a bit, but I don't know about I. What's an Ido? I feel dumb asking, but I'm googling it right now. <laughs> Maybe you it, could just explain. It's it. an oh, yeah,
0: initial yeah. decentralized offering.
1: Okay, but I'm not up on it at the moment.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this seems to be the route, you know, that is available for, um, funding these startup projects.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Because it's de- it, because it's,
0: yeah. Because it's decentralized, you know? Yeah. And, and so now you don't need all the, uh, um, code, um, that prevents uh the the focus on on the innovation you know Mm -hmm. like 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 this 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 when i went the startup when i when i experimented in america with this it it just seems that the system um wants you to put money into the innovation is getting around the rules Mm -hmm. (laughs) not 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 the actual product you know Like the innovation is figuring out how to do something new (laughs) (laughs) without going to jail, you know? So it's like the resources and the energy is going into that instead of, you know, what's best for the the startup, you know?
1: but the, the, something with these DEXs, to their credit, you know, major, to, majorly to their credit, is the non-custodial aspect of it. So, you know, they, they figured out a way around a lot of the regulation yep. in the U.S. is to not take custody of the coins. That's what the U.S. is trying to protect, is that, you know, one person gets custody of the asset and then, you know, steals it. Right. Well, with these DEXs, you know, and that is a real concern that, you know, it can happen as we've seen you know a lot of times in the crypto you know ecosystem but when it's decentralized and you always hold your own tokens or coins or you know assets it it really takes that risk out and so i re- i love dexes for that reason beautiful mm-hmm.
0: beautiful yeah um so that you know basically they have like an ido smart contract and um, plug it in and you know uh tokens managed by smart contract instead of me. Mm-hmm. You know, would be the, the strategy there, right? Like yeah, um, to not to not have those in my like I need to give it to the DAO and let the DAO mm-hmm. pay the you know, people and, and for things and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. So um yeah I'm really excited about that I would I would uh love to hear your thoughts after you get a little deeper with it mm-hmm. yeah you, you hadn't you hadn't heard that phrase yet
1: I heard it but I haven't like uh yeah I need to learn more like I said I've spent the last year just you know very focused on one company's uh you know needs, and now I've only been a week into the you know back to private practice, and it's like all, a lot's happened in the past year to to you know relearn
0: or catch so, up. So what? Do you, so what do you see your core offerings being? That this is, um, like like what? What do you want to form this practice around doing? Or I what think needs? it is
1: probably going to be around. I think what the industry is moving towards is these DAOs and, you know, DEXs and things like that. I want to focus mostly on, um, you know, on basically decentralized projects, Bitcoin related stuff too. And then I already still have quite a a base of people I know in the Bitcoin ATM business. So that'll Mm. probably be, you know, my bread and butter again, (laughs) just uh, working with them a lot, but
0: yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I remember I was just looking through the uh, token disclaimers that uh, you gave us back in the day, and I was like, oh, I need to remember to, I uh, might need to update them or something. Yeah, we'll there.
1: probably need to update those.
0: Okay. So, um, yeah, like, so I'm really excited about the, the possibilities with this DeFi stuff. You know, it took me a long time to um, comprehend Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning, you know. Um, there's a they're creating the, the the liquidity of the tokens by making pools where they match it up with like a stable coin like um, Dai, which is what I use to make the Save DAO. By the way, it's uh you need you need Dai to. Start the process, but um, a stable coin is is a uh, match to you know a stable asset,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and so they're the you know like USDT is um, another one, and so they're they're making these these new tokens liquid by making these pools. So
1: what? And then the pool is it on Uniswap or like Binance? Dex? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, like all all of the uh, all of the the, the dexes have like they're calling them launch pads and um and the ability to create pools and stuff. And so you know what? It, really, these decentralized exchanges are turning into the the incubator type mm-hmm. model, you know. So. And then, um, so what,
1: you put it on there, you put it in a pool, and then people can, like, do they, do you distribute the token the, or it stays on the <laughs> X and people can, like, stake off it? Or, like, they stake the, it and lend against it? it or
0: it, You know, the, the, the staking stuff is, is, is uh, I still got more um, learning to do about that as far as the different options. But I know what I'm what I'm thinking with 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 our project is is basically a profit share token mm. and um, type strategy at least to to start, and uh, we might need to make another token, and um, you know the the longer people stake their coins, um. It, it 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 the more vote they have, the more the weight of their vote. So it like incentivizes. Um, the staking is incentivized because otherwise people could do pump and dumps and sh- and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, and you go profit whole- share. It's
1: so funny when you say that, it's like that's the ideal thing. You know, you want to be able to profit share with all the participants, but yeah. that's where it gets into like that's an immediate SEC flag because. They'll say, you know, oh, you're sharing your profit. That's a security like um, the, everyone's expecting profit based on your work. Mm-hmm. So that's where you got to make mm-hmm. sure there's like a real core decentralized way that that profit is getting generated.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah duly, duly noted. But um, yeah, you would go to a pool and you would give them like stable a stable coin like DAI or um USDT and you would get the token that way. And so these these new defi like startup token projects are kind of hot but you know 75% of them are known as uh degen. Yeah. <laughs> and 25% have a utility and those are regen. So I obviously, being the uh, permaculture daddy and sustainability warlock that I am, I, I would love to shoot for regenerative rather than just a, a degen, pump and dump, coordinated yeah. um, wealth um, thing. So, you know, but that's, that, that seems to be the frontier. And I'm looking at this uh, platform called Balancer which has a um, bootstrapping liquidity pool, which protects um, new tokens from that type of crap, you know, to give them more time to grow and stuff before people are trying to dump it, and, you know, pump it up. Yeah, so...
1: How How does it generate the yield?
0: You know, I, I couldn't answer that right now at this. I mean, I was just looking at this last night, so it's fresh info for me as far as the. Um, I think you don't liquidity. have to have a
1: yield. I think it's, well, I, I I probably shouldn't be talking about this on a podcast until I know more about it, but I think you can do a lot of different things with it. Like in one you know one avenue is to get the yield generators but uh, it's not the only thing you can do
0: well what do you what do you mean by yield generator
1: so some of the tokens like people i think when they stake it like they they get a yield like you say you and i were you know counterparties on this thing and you your token was there and i wanted to i would basically like buy it and then lend you would lend it out or you'd use my money that i put in the liquidity pool to lend against and then i would get some kind of yield based on how you did with your trading like you take a bunch of people's money in and then ah. you trade on it you make money off your trading activity oh, and oh. you pay out a yield to the people oh. that gave you the money
0: oh okay um a lot of these exchanges seem to be offering another kind of token like a yield token mm-hmm they probably have some jargon I'm not using, um, but they definitely, you know, they're paying they're paying that that in another token. I've seen.
1: Okay, so they give you a different token back. I see.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: God, it's like they've taken the stock market or the bond market and just like made it, you know, uh, on steroids. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I like, honestly, the, the way I came up with this idea back in the day is I learned that a landfill replacement is possible and being done. And it's known as a resource recovery park. And so, you know, I was like part of uh, this planning process in Austin and met the guy that wrote the plan. And he, he's been kind of mentoring me. And I was like, hey, what if you come to Dallas? And we try to get Dallas Zero Waste, and uh, we train Dallas. But they, they had this um, echo park land that was not being used next to the landfill, and it's the perfect spot for a resource recovery park. And so I go through this process of trying to develop um, an echo park, basically, with the city, and where it got, you know, where it stopped was basically we needed an an industrial bond, and they hadn't they hadn't like economic development in the city of Dallas hadn't dusted this book off in like fifty years. It didn't know what the hell to do with it, <laughs> you know like it was just like but 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 talking you need an industrial bond here's bond. how we did this other park, you know, so but Dallas was like basically there needed to be a funding mechanism for this part but it didn't exist and anymore and and so I was like oh man there needs to be some kind of a green bond or you know I don't know something to make these things happen because this is the future it's a landfill replacement for God's sake to have this land not being used come on uh, so but but now you know they, they have they're, they're making crypto bond and I was also like, man, we need a super crypto pack to to buy all these politicians, <laughs> you know, like like the <laughs> lobbyists are doing, you know, and they're making crypto packs, you know. So, so so now we can actually do something sustainable, you know, is is how I feel about it because I I've I've gone in there and tried to do the right shit in the right place at the right with the right people, but the 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 money is always scarce, so. Um, you know why should we be dealing with this it's scarce when we can create abundance mm mm-hmm. so
1: totally. and see all the good things you can get done with it, you know, and get and just get stuff done
0: yeah, you know, and then you see oh you're profit sharing oh, oh. yeah <laughs> in a in a distributed way, mm mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and from so, the US. <laughs>
0: and I am not in the USA, right? This second. I'm at my house in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. Um so yeah, are are there any other jurisdictions that you think we should mention? We're we're about to hit a an hour here and so I don't wanna Keep you too much beyond an hour, um, but I would like to uh, posit that question.
1: Well, I'm. I really only know the U.S. jurisdiction in terms of law. I think I might get into like uh, You know, I'm not supposed to talk about other other jurisdictions. Mm. As a whatever, but I think there's a lot of jurisdictions out there that don't have as restrictive. I think we're, it might be one of the most restrictive jurisdictions in the US, so almost anywhere is better it, it, for this kind of DeFi stuff. And then there's some jurisdictions that have in Europe, especially, that have really favorable tax treatment where you they pretty much don't consider crypto, um, you know, a, a taxable asset. So Uh, You know, the tax and the DAOs is a really interesting question. I don't know, you know, what jurisdiction is it in and, you know, what are the tax rules? But I think that the tax question ultimately comes back to where you live or where your uh, passport says says you're a resident. So. um, So no matter what the jurisdiction you're in, even if you find somewhere like uh, in Portugal or something where they don't do the the tax, you know, the same way you're if you're a u.s person you're still gonna have to pay u.s tax on whatever you make
0: you know you know i i think i i saw that if you're out of the country more than half the year that that changes do you know anything about that
1: i need to look into that more too i was i started reading something the other day on it and i think you're actually what I was reading was it, it upset me, so I turned it off, but it was saying that even if you're out even if you're not in the country all those years all most of the time you still have to pay uh, pay the u s tax like and same with Canada it has something like that where you have to pay like an eighteen percent you pay a tax to wherever you're living, but then you also have to pay an eighteen percent like extra tax for your home country.
0: Mm. okay yeah where can
1: can, i know there are some ways around that so i i know a friend that's done it with um uh puerto rico like if you live there for a certain amount of time you don't have to pay your u.s tax so it, it all it's a very complicated thing of like each country has a different um way that it would work like i know in puerto rico if you go live there for most of the year um, I think it's 265 days, then you don't have to do the U.S. tax, but you have to fill out a form with at their tax office to subject yourself to their tax rules. And Puerto Rico is kind of unique where it's like, um, you know, affiliated or part of the U.S.
0: Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know El Salvador just um, made Bitcoin legal tender and they either passed it already or about to Past where you don't uh, company, you don't have to pay the taxes on your Bitcoin if you pull it out there.
1: Yeah, I I mm-hmm. saw something about that too. It looks interesting.
0: Yeah, that's pretty pretty amazing. Well, I I hope if anybody with the American uh, government or SEC is listening to this, that y'all really get it uh, straight that America should not be running. It's uh innovators mm-hmm. out of the country
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know go this is this is uh this could be our uh a make it or break it point for the whole economy mhm so you know why not why not you know sit back and and see what happens rather than trying to control everything yeah but,
1: Totally agree.
0: <laughs> so, 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 how can uh, people uh, check out your your cast and um, follow you? Where, where are your, where's your social network at? Where people can oh, plug in.
1: Thanks. I'm. I'm actually. I have someone helping me get the website going now. hotter.law is the domain. And there's there's not a site up there yet, but hopefully by this time next week there will be. And uh, my Twitter is just at Sasha Hodler. Um, and yeah, that's probably the easiest way to connect is that uh, Twitter, Telegram, um, Sasha.256. So.
0: Okay, if you give me, um, after we get off, if you give me like a, a list of links where we can check out, um, your hubbies project and um, oh yeah
1: definitely thank you
0: (laughs) your links and all that i'll just stick it at the end of the description
1: okay that sounds good
0: sweet well happy happy 2022 i hope it goes awesome i look forward to connecting with you more on this stuff and if you need um a vacation we we got a community airship here at the lake. For, What's the uh,
1: uh, vaccine rules for coming into Guatemala? <clears throat>
0: um, yeah, they just implemented a vaccine rule. Um, we can talk about that offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think Guatemala went with. Um, seems to go with. My my theory is that 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 was an American uh, influencer type situation because i know guatemala tried to legalize drugs to deal with these cartels and i know the obama administration stopped that you know said mm-hmm. they take away funding so i've seen them i've seen a medal
1: yeah um, they have a tendency to do that i suppose
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. A slight and, tendency and I, 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 I i love- I love America, but I also love freedom and you know I was a marine, and um I was raised on um the pledge of allegiance to red, white and blue flags, not red, white, blue, and yellow flags <laughs> yeah all right, so have a beautiful rest of your evening and um please send me that those links and it was was good to talk to you. Will
1: do. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Really nice to catch back up with you.
0: Well, there you have it. Sounds like she's saying um, outside of American jurisdiction is better to do these things. So I hope that changes and We'll uh, pursue advocacy um, around the, the DAO topic and try to help, you know, get some advocacy for proper legislation around these things so it goes better. I mean, there's, they're going to form up best practices and uh, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. So I'm going to add a link to where you can send in messages into the description it's a new feature i'm going to use so feel free to do that i know i've been talking about a lot of health stuff because of the you know pandemic but uh this is the first episode where we're actually getting into business and i'll i'll uh be posting more both health and business golden age topics um I also want to invite you to um, this new Discord chat room. Put a link at the bottom um, for the DAO. And uh, if you contact uh, Sasha and mention this podcast, she'll give you a discount on legal services. So I'm sending her the uh, save token um, docs for an update. And uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, she does so uh, be sure and give her some work if you have it and uh, look forward to uh, publishing more around the Dow economy so I'm, I'm thinking you know there's a new category it's like the the existing categories are like B2B, business to business, business b to c b, business to consumer, you know, things like that. Now, now, Dow to Dow businesses are popping up. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of heading my ship in that direction as far as consulting and, and things. So join the Discord and be a part of building this new economy around impact and sustainability and saving the planet. Um, thanks for listening and talk to you soon.